Go! The go is back, ladies and gentlemen. The girls are back in town. Go has go has returned. The word go to the has amphitheater. Returned. <laughs> to the amphitheater. Oh, oh no. Uh, I don't know what amphitheater we're in, but apparently we are in one. Yeah. Uh, hello, friends. Hi. Welcome back. Oh, hello. Welcome, welcome to season five. Oh, oh my god. How bananas is it? Rhonda, so this is season five. Rhonda and I have Pop just DNA. been like charging in a corner for the last month, and now we did, we're back. Yes. Hello. We made a whirring noise, yes. and then we shut down. <laughs> Much like our our role model, like Paris, Paris Geller. Geller. Yes. Yes. Paris Geller is my role model for life. She um, turns out she's everything. the best of all these people. Turns out she's the best one. Maybe Rory should have ended up with Paris. I'm just. I saying. mean, <laughs> there is a reunion I'd watch, but anywho. Oh my gosh! Oh my Welcome gosh. to see. You know what? For five. for a little bit though of uh, of a year in the life, I like. I almost thought for like. A second, I was like, oh, "Are they, are they gonna go there?" See, just cause, like the way that they like talk to each other in a couple of scenes. I was like, "Is that where this is going?" Not, and then I was disappointed. <laughs> not for nothing, but maybe if we had used a year in the life to actually do anything important, I don't know. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yes. I think. See, here's the thing about a year in the life. I think that. They wanted to leave the door open for more. Okay. So they didn't want to do too much in the way of like changing character dynamics or things like that. Um, And then also, of course, like they're leading to like the big plot twist in the last five seconds. Sure, sure. Um, But yeah, I think that's why they didn't want to like have too much of a. And I also think, okay. I guess we're just airing all of our year in the life you grievances know what? right now. Yeah. Also, we're talking about Gilmore Girls this Hi, month, yes. listeners. <laughs> uh, Gilmore Girls Revisited. Because if you will recall, I believe it was like our our second I think episode so. I think it was our ever yeah. was Gilmore Girls. When we were babies. Um, when we were babies and we were recording in a coffee shop and our sound quality was terrible. And um, yeah. <laughs> And we had no idea how to make a podcast. But we did have yeah. accoutrement <laughs> on the table, and we were we ready did. to go. And we called... We were always ready to go. Yeah. We called Lorelei Titania. Yeah, it was good. We Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so what I was going to say about A Year in the Life. So this is my theory, and I think that, like, this is pretty common. I think this is, you know, pretty commonly discussed and accepted in Gilmore Girls fandom. But I think ASP tried to make what she wanted her season seven to be. Sure. And the way, like, which I understand, but that didn't work because it was like a decade later. So, of course, the characters would all be in completely different places in their lives. And the fact that they hadn't progressed past where they were 10 years before, I think is what made a year in the life feel so disappointing. That's what made it. Because like, yeah, because like we talk about how Rory is like, what? 
<laughs> where is she? And I mean, like, where, where is she? Like, career-wise, like, I get that, you know, like, things happen and things stall and you, your career doesn't always turn out the way you want it to. But I feel like emotionally, relationally, Rory is still, like, 22 in, in a year in the life. And, and she's supposed to be 32. And she and, doesn't seem yes, to care about as much as we say yeah. she is ambitious, she doesn't seem to care about her career. You know, it doesn't seem right. like it matters yeah. to her. Yeah, and I think a big part of that is because she's written yeah. as if she's just stepping out of, you know, where she was at the ending of the original series. I... And it's... Yeah. I had not realized <laughs> that she was supposed to be 32. That actually... Yes! She's 32 in A Year in the Life. That helps So it comes process. full circle because, because Lorelai was 32 at the beginning of the original series. Right. So it's really come, like, full, full circle at that point. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh yeah. So we'll we'll I'm sure we'll talk more about it you in the life as we go on. Here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um so so Rhonda, Gilmore Girls is something we have you know hard and fast opinions on. We have Oh my goodness, we are experts. This has been <laughs> steeped in our in our friendship, in our, you know, the lore of Gilmore <laughs> as I <laughs> As I would call it, Gilmore lore. Gilmore as lore. I am a Gilmore, I am a Gilmore lore master. Absolutely. <laughs> and lore is also Lorelai's nickname. Of course. Um, that Christopher gives her, which Lorelai should have ended up with Christopher. I'm just gonna say that right now. Sure. But but go on. Oh, I was just gonna ask you as our traditional <laughs> question: How did you first find yourself in Stars Hollow? Hmm. Did we talk about first experiences? Oh, you're other, right. We probably did. In our first episode? I don't... Yeah. So, like, I mean, I can... Uh, yeah. So, I can tell listeners who don't want to, like, go back and listen to oh, that. Oh, then I have Honestly, a new question. I have... I would recommend... <laughs> we can up... I would recommend not listening to it because the sound quality is terrible. But for a long time, that episode got like the biggest numbers sure. I think right up until right up until we started doing weekly episodes I think that was our biggest sure episode yeah anyway what were you gonna ask then I Go can ahead. update my question too okay how has your opinion of Gilmore Girls changed as mm. um as you've continued to study media and grown as a as a woman is my question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And as a media professional now. Yeah. I would note. Um, so that's a great question. I love that. So I, um, the way that I view Gilmore Girls, I don't think has fundamentally changed. From, like, when I first started watching it. Yeah. Um, but I have, like, like, I still have that sense, that, like, warm, fuzzy yeah. 
nostalgia whenever I watch an episode like I still get that feeling yeah. like I was telling you like yesterday I was re-watching a few of my favorite episodes and I just immediately fell back into that world and it was so warm and so comforting but I think that um the so like the 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 way that I view it or like the feeling that I get when I view it hasn't changed, I guess would be a, a better way to phrase that. However, as as happens with a lot of media and with many people as we get older and we learn to view media through a more critical lens, um, I do see a lot of its flaws now. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we will get into those <laughs> in heavy detail. Um, I know I'm planning to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I can, I, I'm kind of of two, like, I don't find it difficult to reconcile that either, that like the sense of comfort and nostalgia that I feel watching it, but also that sense of like, there's some issues here. Yeah. I have some notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I can, I can hold both at the same time and I don't have a problem with that yeah. which is which is lucky for me because I would be really sad if I felt like I could never watch the show again <laughs> that's the that's the worst is when you go back yeah. to a show and you're like oh no this is what wow <laughs> yeah but how about you how has your view of it changed I think a lot of the same so I get into this a little bit more later but like Lorelai, to a certain degree, will always be my character role model. Um, just mm. all, since I was 14, I've like, I've kind of been comforted by her, but also aspired to be like the good side of her, like the strong, the witty, the, the you know, um, the ability to kind of handle herself. But I also, when I was younger, I did not notice how flawed of a person she is. And actually, now as I begin my study in psychology, I actually think it's kind of a masterful look at a f deeply flawed human because we're all deeply flawed. So I kind of see the writing and its nuance even more in in the writing of Lorelai specifically. And then I also, of course, see all of kind of the negative messages that I didn't notice as as a teenager that are mm. that are more difficult <laughs> to kind of reconcile yourself with and like even now as I have it on my um, television I agree it still fills my especially because it's starting to feel just a little bit more like fall here um a tiny bit a tiny bit we'll take it um and as the PSL is back on Tuesday oh, <laughs> is it really? I don't work for Starbucks but <laughs> I just I keep track of these things <laughs> I guess as I'm rambling, I guess I I still find comfort in it, but in different from different places than I used to. Yeah, and sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like I was I was texting you yesterday about how I was watching um There's the Rub, yeah. which is my 
It might be my favorite episode. Sure. It's definitely in my top five, if not my favorite. But um, I was telling you about how, like, in that episode, Rory talks about how she's going to order Indian food uh-huh. because she loves it, but Lorelai hates the smell. And so I was like, well, I I want to order Indian food while I watch yeah. this episode. And so I did. And then I was thinking about, I'm like... Everyone who who mentions the Indian food is so like uh, like dismissive about it, and it almost borders on like almost borders on problematic, Absolutely. like how they talk about yeah, and like and I had never like I guess I hadn't seen that episode in several years yeah, but I had never like seen it in that light before, and I was like oh that's. That really sucks. <laughs> when you texted me that, I thought, what a perfect metaphor for exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. And then Rory never gets the Indian food. Awful. Like, that's the most sad thing. <laughs> awful, awful. Yeah. And th- But yeah, I think that episode is a great microcosm of the whole Rory Jess Dean dynamic. Totally. Which I know you're gonna get into in a different oh gosh, in a different part I'm so of this. <laughs> um but it's also a great episode for Rory and Paris's relationship. Yeah. I love that their friendship grows or as Rory calls it, somewhere in the weirdo like was was it like friendsish bizarro zone or yeah. something like that. <laughs> Like, they're not actually friends, but they're somewhere in that zone. Yeah. That's a great episode. It's so... Uh, yeah. Um, Paris is just the very best. I, I love her. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, it's an... In, I think it's kind of a perfect show to talk about... Um, oh, my gosh. The word just flew out of my head. <laughs> oh, goodness. Grad school brain. Oh, grad school brain. Welcome to grad school brain. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go back. Um, oh, you already are, baby. I'm trying to say not um, microaggressions. I think it's a really yes. good show to examine yes. microaggressions because they're absolutely prominent. They're like mm-hmm. they're all in there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well. That's, uh, yeah. So there's a little preview. (laughs) A little 14-minute summary of, like, our current feelings about Gilmore Girls. Um, (laughs) But as we've been doing in in all of our four-part series, we wanted to take this first part to just kind of give an overview of, like, the main topics that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. In episodes two, three, and four of this series. Um, So a table of contents, if you will. That was the introduction. And now now here's the table of contents. Oh, we should have gotten like a foreword by... by Kelly Bishop. That would have been... Oh, that would have been perfect. Amazing. I love her. Um, But yeah, so... What uh, what topic are you really excited to talk about? Yeah, I'm really excited about as I dip my toes into my psychology graduate studies. Obviously, I had to take a look at the romantic relationships within mm. Gilmore Girls. Um, 
Because you're going to be a marriage counselor. I sure am. And these relationships are fascinating. Um, And so when we first, you'll hear even more about this later, but when we first enter a relationship with someone, um, you create a zone of vulnerability with them. And that's just the feeling that you get when you're with your romantic (laughs) partner. Is that like... The circle of trust. Ex- like exactly. In, uh, meet, meet the parents. <laughs> exactly. It's the circle of trust. It's that feeling in a good relationship. It's that feeling that, oh, I can breathe a little deeper with this person. I can kind of relax here. So I'm going to look at h- how those are created in four of the central romantic relationships and kind of talk about whether or not that feeds their relationship and what they could have like whether it was whether it feels like a healthy relationship with with that in place Mm. or whether it feels like just a train wreck right yeah and I think this is really interesting to talk about with Gilmore Girls because I feel like like fans do get very like opinionated about the relationships that both Lorelai and Rory have and I think that it's like, I don't know, I, I feel like the show oftentimes portrays these relationships like, like we're supposed to feel about them a certain way, yeah. but like in reality, maybe like we shouldn't feel about them the way that the show wants us yeah. to, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. <laughs> So I think it's really interesting to talk about in that, in that light. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, are you, I know we've talked about this before and longtime listeners probably already know, but which team are you on? (laughs) Okay. Okay. I am not the, okay readers or listeners okay i hear you i hear you already i hear you already getting ready not the first time they're together but the second time i am team jess when he like mm. has the book that he's written when he has his life together yes okay see i agree with you on <laughs> jess but at that time rory is not in a healthy emotional place no so she, so she would not be a good choice for Jess at that time. And that's, so, yeah. <laughs> that's why I think my real relationship, or my real answer to that is no one. I think Rory needs, mm. she's been so in, she's been so relationshiped the whole time. I she's th- been so relationshiped, absolutely. <laughs> I think she needs to not be in anything yeah I love her decision when Logan's like marry me and she's like no I love that like she needs to be her own human yeah Uh, not that you're although I think yeah although I think that like her relationship with Logan is the healthiest that she has at least in the original series like not in a year in the life when like he's cheat like they're both cheating on someone yeah um, in a year in the life which is Ugh, the Gross. Worst. Um, but like when they're originally together, like that's the healthiest relationship I think that that Rory ever has because yeah. like they're honest with each other from the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? But Which then camp- you know. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> so I'm also Team Jess, but I, um, yeah, I th- I think that um, 
like they never get their timing right. Totally. Like I think they would be, they would be like have such a great relationship if they both had like, you know, kind of worked through whatever they needed to work through emotionally and then were like honest with each other about that. I think they would have a really compatible relationship, but they never quite get that. Yeah. Right. So, (laughs) so yeah. Um, But yes. What about for Lore? You said Christopher. For Lorelai. Yes. Christopher. Because, okay. Because Christopher understands Lorelai sure. in a way that Luke never does. Sure. And like and like you can say that like, oh, but Luke is like always there for her and like he does all these things for her. But you know what? He does a lot of things for her that she doesn't ask for. Sure. And he like limits her in like her um you know, like he kind of like holds her back, sure. um, in a lot of ways, and it was, uh, which like I think that like Richard and Emily kind of have that, yeah. <laughs> that like, feeling about Luke that like he's holding Lorelai back, which it's one of the few things I agree with Richard and Emily on, but um, yeah, yeah, but also like Lorelai has her own issues, totally. like she has commitment issues she has family issues and attachment issues and she's also kind of mean to people she's and she's very (laughs) so mean sometimes she can also be pretty egocentric and yeah but also i think she also just she's also very self-righteous sometimes yeah which is like what she criticizes emily for and then she does the same thing I think yeah. she's actually aversive to human interaction in a lot of really interesting mm. ways. I'm going to kind of talk about that a little bit, but she she kind of protect she's been taught that humans are kind of dangerous sometimes. So sometimes she acts out to keep them away from her in really interesting yeah. ways. Um I I can't divorce my opinion of Lorelai Gilmore from how charming Lauren Graham is as she plays her. Yes. Lauren Graham is amazing. I don't know if you if you've read her book, um, oh, Talking As Fast As I Can. I have it on my bookshelf, but I haven't read it yet. Oh my gosh. Listen to the audiobook okay. if you can, because she narrates it oh. and it's it's wonderful. Um yeah. yeah. My mom and I listened to it on a road trip a couple years ago. I love that. that yeah (laughs) anyway we got way sidetracked here didn't we yeah (laughs) that's okay um yeah so my my topic if if we're yeah if we're done with that okay so (laughs) um my topic that I um am well I have a few but um (laughs) One that I actually touched on a little bit in our original episode, I believe, but I did so in a very, like, haphazard, disorganized way, much like Lorelai Gilmore would. Um, So I I, um, am very interested in the similarities between Amy Sherman Palladino and Jane Austen. Love it. In their writing, in how they write characters in how they write about the internal lives of women and about like 
class conflict and social issues. Um, yeah. And also small towns. Like, there's very much this through line in the work of Jane Austen and that's present in Gilmore Girls of the idea of a small town as sort of like this microcosm of society where like everyone is all up in everyone else's business <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you have like the quirky town characters um in in both Gilmore Girls and in some of Austin's work yeah. so uh, I'm really excited to explore that a little bit more in depth yeah. and with a little bit more focus. Um, yeah. And also, like, the dialogue, like, the sparkling, witty dialogue yeah. and the humor that I feel that both of them um, really, yeah, really encapsulate. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are my three favorite things about both of those things. So I'm really <laughs> right. excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I <laughs> I um, was like looking for like all of the references to Jane Austen in Gilmore Girls. Like I was just doing like a Google search to see if I could like find if there's an article that has a list of them or something. Um, and uh, I remembered as I was watching There's the Rub that – <laughs> which again favorite episode uh-huh. um there's an austin reference in that episode and yeah. i'm going to quote it to you now <laughs> when paris says to jess worship kerouac and bukowski god forbid you re- you pick up anything by jane austen and then jess says hey i've read jane austen and i think she would have liked bukowski yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah, I'd just like to note that Jess has read Jane Austen. Dean also read Jane Austen, but at only at Rory's urging. So see, <laughs> I I can't with Dean. I just I can't. I can't with Dean. I just I can't. His whiny little puppy face. I'll kill you, idiot! Like I just I can't. Oh my gosh. <sighs> And, you know, I never, I never skip a chance to talk about Jane Austen. Oh, of course. I will talk about, I will talk about that woman until my dying days. Yes, <laughs> as you should. Uh, yeah. 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 What else are you excited for? I'm super excited um, to kind of talk more, even more about just analyzing uh, Lorelai Gilmore, like we kind of mentioned before. I'm going to be super, (laughs) super nerdy about it. I have like all these psychological frameworks to analyze her through and then all these episodes and it's going to get ready for a nerding. (laughs) It will be fun. A nerding. A nerding. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm also just really excited to hear you talk about what you just said. So I got like excited. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of sold myself short because I was so excited about what your topic was. But yeah, I think, again, I think Lorelai is just kind of just a fascinating human in terms of how she yeah. processes things and how she kind of is warm and loving and a a wonderful you know provider but then also has all these walls up and really kind of like 
kind of sometimes punishes people for like a long, long, long time. And just so some of those like toxic traits mix with some of her really good traits. And she's just fascinating. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And like, yeah. And like you mentioned, very similar to Emily. Very, very similar. But then they like their whole relationship is just fascinating. So we'll go into that too, mm-hmm. those specifics. Cause like I was watching um, one of my favorite episodes, the forgiveness and stuff where Richard goes to mm. the hospital. Yeah. And watching Lorelai take care of Emily a little bit after all of their fighting, after all of their toxicity, they have this great moment at the end where um, they go to the cafeteria to get some food and, um, and Lorelai is very playful with her, which gets Emily to stop worrying and start to relax. Mm-hmm. And just kind yeah. of those unspoken things are, are what we do in relationship with each other. So good, good writing, good acting, good, good stuff. <laughs> good job, folks. Good, good job. Um, so I have a question for you about Lorelai. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you think that Lorelai is intended to be the voice of Amy Sherman Palladino? Ooh. You know? Like, is she the ASP (laughs) self-insert? In a lot of ways, I do think so. How do you feel? I think... I think that ASP is a lot more I think she's not as um hmm. it's hard and I don't know that I can I, I don't know that I can like say this like definitively but in the way that I perceive it I think that Amy Sherman Palladino does not see a lot of Lorelai's flaws. Sure. Personally. Sure. I think that she, and I don't know if it's because, right. like, she's say like, th- this character is kind of her own self-personality insert, or if it's, you know, just because, like, Lorelai is, like, her child, right. you know, <laughs> like, that kind of, but yeah, I think that we as viewers are more prone to notice Lorelai's flaws and Lorelai's shortcomings than even like the writing of the show is able to. Right. Because it's, it's like the show almost always presents Lorelai as correct. Right. Even when she's very clearly not. Yeah. And when it's clear to the viewer that she's in the wrong, the show still presents her as right. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's a really interesting thing well, and, to explore. And it's interesting because <laughs> her voice is very similar to Miriam Maisel's voice, also written by ASP. Mm. So I could sure. see evidence for that just because she wrote both of them and... They're mm-hmm. both of her leading ladies. Um, and uh, Sutton Foster and Bunhead. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was also kind of similar. <laughs> yeah. I, for, I always forget about Bunheads. Yeah. Bunheads is so great. I was so sad. It didn't yeah. get more episodes. Yeah. Anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, what what else are you excited about? <sighs> um, well, I'm going to um I'm going to ask us when we get to this point, <laughs> do we feel brave enough to talk about politics? Sure. Because this is this is something that I think I didn't notice as much when I was first watching the show as a teenager, but it's actually like a kind of political show. Sure. And um like it was, you know, like when the show originally aired, like it was like, you know, mostly during like the Bush years. So it was like a more culturally conservative time, but like Lorelai, at least, uh, and Rory as well, like expressed that like they have more liberal politics. So I think it's it's an interesting. Uh, yeah. I think that'll be an interesting thing to explore. And then also, like especially with a year in the life, um, and with the original series as well, but exploring kind of the sense of. Uh, so like the like uh what was I gonna do? Dang it. I forgot what I was <laughs> I completely lost my train Oh, of I've done that here. like ten times so far, yeah. <laughs> oh no, so what is what I was like saying about so with a year in the life, um I I'm I'm hesitant to bring up um our former president, but sure. he was um, elected around the same time that A Year in the Life came out. Sure. And I think that there's a really interesting, like now with, you know, five, six years of hindsight, I think there might be a really interesting cultural conversation happening there. Yeah. Um, so that's something I really want to explore. I love that. In more, in more depth. And then I also think that there can be um, kind of tied in with this discussion of politics. There can also be um, the idea of, like, privilege yeah. at, in relation to politics. Um, privilege in terms of, you know, like, economic and social privilege that Loreline Rory obviously have. Um, yeah. But that isn't really ever acknowledged in the show. Right. At least not, like you know, to the extent that, um, of reality. Yeah. Um, so I think that those two things can kind of be, um, like explored in tandem or like in, in connection with each other. So yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. I think, I think it's a really important, uh, topic to bring up because it is so I mean the privilege piece is so ignored throughout the whole show it's mm -hmm. it's really interesting it's like but you guys <laughs> but look mm -hmm. but look at how privileged yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah I think it's yeah, really it really is it's really important to our conversation I'm really happy that you brought it up because I think it's it's the Gilmore Girls elephant in the room you know is privilege. absolutely yeah yeah, and I think that, like, this is, like, part of why I feel like Amy Sherman Palladino kind of has, like, rose-colored glasses on yeah. when it comes to Lorelai because it seems like the writing of the show doesn't even realize 
the extent to which Lorelai still is very, very privileged. Totally. Like, even though Lorelai has kind of, like, rejected the, like, very, like, you know, like, the extremely rich world of her parents, like, she still has that safety net. Like, she still... Like, even though, like, her relationship with them isn't very good at the beginning of the series, like, she still feels like she is able to go to them to ask them for financial help. Yeah. So, like, clearly there's still a sense of privilege there. Um, Yeah. So I just think, yeah, I think that that needs to be, we we can explore that a little more. And, you know, like you say, she leaves the mansion, but she goes to Stars Hollow in Connecticut. Right. Like, that's yeah. it's a pretty ritzy location. <laughs> Everyone's doing <laughs> yeah. pretty well. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think it... And, like, I think that's the thing. I think that Stars Hollow, um, like, just based on, like the way that the show is written, I don't think we're meant to see Stars Hollow as a privileged place. But the way that it's expressed beyond the writing, it like it clearly is. Right. (laughs) So I think that's that's yet another kind of like I guess blind spot of the writing of the show is that it doesn't even realize how um yeah, how much of a bubble this little town is, yeah. right? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Super important to this conversation, you know, like mm-hmm. and I think that's also something that a that feels so false once we get to um a year in the life is that we are no like as a society we are beginning to have conversations about privilege and it already feels after the fact but then we see we return to stars hollow in a year in the life and you can't ignore the fact that it's privileged Mm -hmm. and you can't yeah 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 that'll be fun so yeah what's your final what's your final topic that you're going to talk about my final answer is i found um Actually, it's interesting that we were talking about this conversation that we've just had because I found this article where Amy Sherman Palladino discusses a year in the life with Time Magazine. And I got to like she talks about why do people emphasize the relationship over Rory? Like, why is the Mm. why is the conversation not where is Rory's book and more about the relationship? And so I got to thinking about how the groundwork is never laid to make Rory into the character that Amy Sherman Palladino maybe wants her to be. So Hmm. that kind of thing just, and, and then just how, um, how kind of Lorelai Gilmore and Rory um, fit into our pop culture now and kind of, so really more of the conversation that we're having, but in kind of like centered around the the interview and kind of, I'm going to try and find more quotes from ASP as well. Cause yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah that'll, that's interesting to, to think of it in terms of like how it fits into pop culture now, because I feel like 
pop culture has always been such a huge part of the show. Yeah. And that's actually the last topic that I want to explore some more is like how um like how the how pop culture has fit into the show like the relationship that it has yeah um with pop culture um i was uh looking through my old dvd sets <laughs> <laughs> and when i watch it now i watch it on netflix but i i also have like every season on dvd but oh, in the like in, in the dvd sets um i think they only did it for like seasons two through five but it would come with a little booklet yeah with all of the pop culture references in that season like just in case you don't get a reference you can look it up and i love <laughs> it'll it tell so you. much and it's funny that they that they were doing that so like when the dvd sets were coming out you know like in in the mid to late 2000s like wouldn't would people not have thought to look on the internet for those things like isn't it fascinating would people would people not have googled those things it's yeah it's fascinating um (laughs) but yeah like i want to talk about the show's relationship with pop culture not just like how it referenced pop culture but also like the impact that it's had on subsequent pop culture so like you know getting into like Gilmore Girls references in other works and like just kind of the general influence influence that it may have had on other media um which is something that we, you know, that like that's our bread and butter here at Pop DNA. Yeah, so it is. I think that'll be fun to explore. Mm, bread and butter. <laughs> you know what I really want right now? I really want a biscuit. Yeah. A biscuit with butter. Yeah. And raspberry jam. I really that's want the I want. Indian food we got after <laughs> Comic Con. Oh my gosh, that oh, was so good. That was so good. I have leftovers from the Indian food I ordered yesterday. Oh, good. It's so probably what I'll eat. Good, good, good. <laughs> so good. The garlic naan. Mm. Mm. Perfect. <laughs> so it's gonna be. Well, it's gonna be a good yeah. time gonna be a great time i i love that we're talking about gilmore girls in september yeah because i feel like this is such a like i feel like for a long time this was like my back to school show totally (laughs) like i would i would know that like when it's back to school time that means Gilmore Girls is going to come back yeah (laughs) I mean like that's the that's the same with like every like every network tv show the seasons start in the fall but it was always Gilmore Girls that I was like oh school's starting that means Gilmore Girls season premiere is gonna be soon (laughs) yeah that means we get to return to Stars Hollow yeah yeah and I also feel like it's like always fall in Stars. Oh, Hollow, absolutely! Right? When is summer? Never. Summer never. Like, it's always autumn. Well, very occasionally it's winter because yes. the Firelight Festival is in winter. Aww, Firelight. <laughs> and there's um, and there's the first snow. Yes. With the with the um the reenactment. <laughs> oh, I. Yeah. 
I love. I just I think that there's a magic to season one and two that you lose a little mm. bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think seasons two and three for me are like the show at its best yeah. in terms of like what the original like premise of the show was. But then I think that season four is my favorite season. And that is because Rory doesn't have a boyfriend for most of it. Yay. Yay. Give that girl some breathing room. My yes. goodness, you guys. And she like she like goes on a date with Trevor. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like season four. It's yeah. That's such um, a good show. Well it's it, it's great. I mean it's an enjoyable it's show. It's an enjoyable show. Uh, well, that, folks, is what we will be talking about yeah. this month. So grab your... Tune in. Grab your brush grab and grab your, your rollers. rollers. All, all you kids, kids and, and all you rollers. We're going, We're going Peyton, Peyton today. today. Yeah. Um, yes. yeah, you can tell we are super fans. Oh, we no. are, we are Gilmore lore masters. We are. The Gilmore guys should have introduced us, or it should have had us on the show. Yes, we should have gotten the Gilmore guys to do the forward. <laughs> yeah, Gilmore guys. Interesting how... Two guys make a podcast, and they get really famous. But anyway. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So tune in. Um, we're gonna try. We're gonna try really hard to to keep up with Instagram. But, yes. You know. It's hard. We are we are sorry, and we are trying, <laughs> and our intention is this pure. This is me trying. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.